So I think we also um, have a little sound of one of his attorneys kind of talking about um, what, where she thinks this is going. I think it should be a slam dunk in the Supreme Court. I have faith in them. You know, people like um, Kavanaugh, who the president fought for, who the president went through hell to get into place, he'll step up. Those people will step up, not because they're pro-Trump, but because they're pro-law, because they're pro-fairness. And the law on this is very clear. Yeah. Scott just had some very cogent analysis. Yeah, let me get real technical. Bad. <laughs> you, you can't go on TV as a lawyer defending somebody and say, well, Brett Kavanaugh, he's, he's going to vote for Trump because it's, uh, you know, he, he likes Donald Trump. Is the right? Terrible, yeah. terrible idea. Should not have done that. I mean, I, I tend to agree with her analysis as a pundit that the Supreme Court is likely to side with Donald Trump. But when you go on, on TV... On a legal basis or because he dominated them? Uh, on a legal basis. And I don't think the Supreme Court is going to want to be responsible for throwing a presidential candidate off the ballot in all 50 states. But when you go on TV and start to give political reasons why justices should vote for you or not, that, that, they shouldn't, that is a terrible idea. Yeah, and, and by the way, there are going to be other issues that they're probably going to have to decide. Yes. And you certainly don't want to antagonize them. But I just have two words for her that she should contemplate. Lifetime appointment. Uh, they're, not, they're beyond the reach of Donald Trump. And not that they're not sensitive to politics, uh, but uh, I, I agree with Scott. I think, you know, not, not a wise strategy. Scott, I'm going to be honest. I would have loved to have been in the room when your former boss, the Senate Republican leader, Mitch McConnell, heard those comments. <laughs> that would have been an interesting response. David Axelrod, Scott Jennings, thanks, guys. We appreciate it. The Supreme Court will meet for the first time since Donald Trump asked them to decide whether he should be allowed to run for president again. He's asking the justices to overturn the Colorado Supreme Court ruling, kicking him off the state's primary ballot. He was also removed from the primary ballot in Maine, although that one is pending. And in the last 24 hours, voters in two more states, Illinois and Massachusetts, filed similar cases claiming Trump should be disqualified under the 14th Amendment's insurrection clause. CNN's Zachary Cohen is with us now from D.C. There is a very tight uh, timing on this. Clock is ticking. Colorado expected to certify their primary ballot today. Do we think the justices are going to jump on this fast? Well, today is certainly the first day that the Supreme Court could say whether or not they're going to take up this case. But that remains to be seen if, the, if they will or if they'll continue to deliberate over this matter, because it is a complicated one. The stakes really couldn't be higher. But there's been calls for urgency um, from both sides. Trump's team saying they want the Supreme Court to take this up and do so quickly, as have the challengers trying to remove him from the ballot in Colorado um, and Maine and other states. And look, Trump's lawyer has been out um, publicly trying to project confidence um, about the Supreme Court um, their, their chances with the Supreme Court if the court does take up this case. Listen to what Alina Haba, one of Trump's lawyers, said yesterday um, when asked about Trump's, um, ch uh, Trump's chances in this case. I think it should be a slam dunk in the Supreme Court. I have faith in them. You know, people like um, Kavanaugh, who the president fought for, who the president went through hell to get into place, he'll step up. Those people will step up, not because they're pro-Trump, but because they're pro-law. So it's notable that Haba is name-checking one of three Trump-appointed justices, Brett Kavanaugh there, obviously Neil Gorsuch and Amy Coney Barrett are the other two. But look, at the end of the day, if the Supreme Court takes this case up, they're going to be dealing with unprecedented constitutional questions, and it's anybody's guess how that would shake out. And as you mentioned, too, in the meantime, two more states 
um, are facing uh, calls to remove Trump from the ballot. They're going to have to weigh that at the state level because until the Supreme Court does weigh in, this is a live issue across the country, and we could see even more challenges pop up um, in the meantime if the Supreme Court does not come out today or in the near future and say they're taking this case up. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because we know what they did with Jack Smith, who requested the justices to make a decision uh, on, on Donald Trump, and they declined to do so. We will see what happens in this case because this in, really involves voters and voters' rights as well. Thank you so much, Zachary Cohen. Appreciate it. All right, with us now is Democratic Congressman Jamie Raskin of Maryland. He is the ranking member on the House Oversight Committee, which just released a report on foreign money going to Trump businesses while Trump was president. We'll get to that in just a second, Congressman, but first... Since you were a constitutional law professor, let me ask you about this case that the Supreme Court might take up. What specific question do you want the court to address in terms of states and the ability to invoke the 14th Amendment to keep Trump off the ballot? And do you trust these nine justices to do so? Well, the text of the Constitution is unambiguous. It's it's just perfectly clear. If you swore an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution and you violate that oath by engaging in insurrection or rebellion, you are never allowed to hold federal or state office again. Um, and the purposes behind it are clear, which is to prevent people who've proven themselves to be untrustworthy in office from getting back into a position where they could also threaten the constitutional order again. So I guess my major question is, given the comprehensiveness and the airtight logic of the Colorado decision, why would there be any reason to depart from the clear text of the Constitution and from the original purposes? And I would pose that specifically to the so-called textualists and originalists on the court. Congressman, as I said, the Democrats on the Oversight Committee released a report yesterday which documented how Trump businesses took in more than $7 million from entities connected to foreign countries while he was president. Um, you issued that report. I said there was documentation to prove it. What is Congress now going to do with that? What are the Republicans who run the committee doing with this new information? Yes, it's a 150-page report with 750 footnotes, and as far as I know, nobody has questioned a single fact that's in there. It's based on a seven-year investigation that began with my late beloved colleague Elijah Cummings, who originally blew the whistle about this when Donald Trump entered office and said he would not divest himself from more than 500 businesses and would not establish a rule that he wouldn't take money from foreign governments. And so uh, the White House was open for business. And uh, we've been able now to document with the receipts $7.8 million that came in from 20 countries, the leading country being uh, communist China. And after that, uh, the uh, royal crown prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman, uh, and a bunch of other unsavory regimes that are part of it. That The report just scratches the surface. It's a two-year period, um, and uh, it's just four of Trump's businesses out of more than 500, and it's just 20 countries out of 195 in the world. So a lot of people have expressed surprise that he took only $7.8 million, but we're trying to uh, show people that it was just a snapshot because the Republicans on the Oversight Committee have done everything in their power to sandbag our investigation and to shut it down. When Chairman Comer came in uh, at the beginning of last year, mm. he told Trump's lawyers to tell Mazars, the accounting company, basically to stop complying with the court order. So given all of this, what's going to happen now? Well, uh, you know, if 
Donald Trump had any shame, he would return the $7.8 million to the U.S. Treasury. That's money he's not allowed to accept without coming to Congress first. And we would get together on a bipartisan basis, as we've been urging the Republicans to do, to establish very strict rules about how public officials like Trump, who are taking money from foreign governments, have to immediately report it to Congress and then give Congress the opportunity to say whether or not they can keep it. That's what the Constitution says. I cite in the report Abraham Lincoln, who got two elephant tusks he liked very much from the King of Siam, and he brought them in 1862 to Congress, and he said, can I keep these? And Congress said, no, you can't keep them, turning them over to the Department of Interior, and he promptly did that. Compare that to Donald Trump, who's been pocketing millions of dollars from foreign governments, um, and then says it's okay because he, does, he didn't take his presidential salary. That's all he's allowed to take. The reason why the Constitution fixes the president's salary is so that he will be loyal and faithful mm -hmm. only to the American people, not to Saudi monarchs and Chinese government bureaucrats. So Eric Trump didn't seem impressed with the report. He said, what a joke. All foreign government profits for stays at our hotels and other properties while my father was in office were voluntarily donated to the U.S. Treasury. Your response to Eric? Yes, I, 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 love, I love that excuse because what he's saying is, well, trust us. Uh, we'll go through all the numbers. And they put in, I think, a half a million dollars, which kind of gives the game away. They know they're taking millions of dollars in unlawful, unconstitutional foreign government payments. But he says, trust us. We'll do our own accounting. We're not going to show it to you, but we'll give some money back. The Constitution doesn't say that you can't keep profits from foreign governments. The Constitution says you can't keep any payments at all without going to Congress to have it accepted. And we're talking about an unbroken line of presidents accepting that and always coming to Congress to say, we received some trinkets, we received a statue, we received a painting, whatever it is. And then it's up to Congress to decide what to do with it. Only Donald Trump has irrigated to himself the uh, decision of whether or not he can keep the money, and then he will deign to give us back what he calls the profits. Uh, it's an outrage. It's absurd. He's got to give the entire $7.8 million back to the American people. Congressman Jamie Raskin, we do appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being with us.